When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He is Anthony Pusick. Hopefully everybody had a tremendous new year. And Anthony, you're ready for the 2024 portion of the season. Well, the Rangers weren't. No. I am, though. We could start there, but hopefully everybody had a great holiday. But now we're back and you get that sense that, you know, we're still not quite to the midway point. But the one thing I will say before we start breaking down the games from last night, I get a feeling this year, Anthony, we might be able to throw away that whole American Thanksgiving theory. Oh, it's out. I I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of movement. Um, You've already seen it since the start of December. And Carolina's a a perfect example of that. You know, Carolina was toiling around as maybe a non-playoff team, wild card team. You know, what are they going to be? Their goaltending's a mess. Uh, But if Kochenkov's going to play this way and Svechnikov is going to be healthy, uh, I think you kind of saw last night that Carolina, I believe, is going to be the contender that I thought at least they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, I, and and we're going to talk about the game, of course, but it, it comes down to what we discussed with this this Carolina team is that their defense is very good, and that can mask some bad goaltending. And I'm not saying Kachekov didn't play a good game yesterday, but he certainly wasn't tested the way that I think that uh, the Carolina goaltenders have been. Uh, they played a good game in front. The Rangers could do absolutely nothing. And if you're going to have that, that looked like a game, Don, where that the Rangers played against Carolina within the last two years in the regular yeah. season. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do anything in the neutral zone. They couldn't get through at the blue line. They, they, they refused to dump the puck in. They tried to be fancy and get around their defensemen. They couldn't do it. Uh, and getting getting behind as early as they did in that game really burned them. And if, if that is a recipe for success for Carolina, they can win a lot of games. Yeah, I think they can. And again, Svechnikov is special. Aho is special. I think Natchez, I've always been a big fan of him. And you just mentioned it. If they're going to get that kind of play from Chatfield, and then you throw in Pesci, and you throw in Burns, um, just they are as deep a team and as well coached a team as there is in the league with Rod Brindamore. The question was goaltending, but this Kochenkov is somebody that's kind of been on the periphery for the last couple of years. He's burned the Rangers before, uh, and you know with Anderson with the blood clot and Ranta being what he is, and and then, and them equipped to be able to maybe get a goaltender. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from my cup prediction for them. I, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, but to the general theme, uh, I'm looking at the standings. You know, uh, Arizona's been able to hang in. Nashville, uh, Edmonton now six in a row. I know they've been kind of up and down, but um, I think they're very much alive for a playoff spot. The Kraken have now won five in a row, points in nine consecutive games. Uh, so all these teams that are on the outside looking in, you want to throw a blanket over because they were outside at American Thanksgiving. I, I think we can kind of put that to bed. Yeah, we'll certainly see. I mean, I, I believe it was somebody on this podcast that said the West was pretty much decided. Yeah, I said um, it. Yeah, you did say that. That was me. Uh, and, that, and, and, by, and by the way, I, I only thought of maybe one or two teams that could that could have something to say about that. And we talked about how far down Edmonton is. Only a point out of, of a playoff spot now with a game in hand on Arizona. 
Um, and you said Seattle, and as you said, Seattle's been playing better, have won five straight. Um, and I thought that they were kind of dead. I thought they were missing some pieces. It seems like they've kind of turned it around. Joey Decord has been unbelievable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Calgary or St. Louis are going to make any noise. I'm not a fan of the Wild. The Ducks were nice in the beginning of the year. They've kind of come back down to earth to what no, they were bad. last year. Um, I still like Arizona. I think they're kind of spunky. I think that they can they can at least rattle some cages in the West for a wild card spot at least. Um, and something we'll of course get to uh, later in the show. But uh, when I saw that the Maple Leafs were uh, were plus money in LA, I jumped right on it because one thing the Kings can't do is win at home. And well, they now can. they're seven Weird. seven and four at home, which is unbelievable. So as much as I like LA and I think that they're very very good, that's not going to bode well for them in a playoff uh, in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I do think that they'll make the playoffs. I think that the top three in the Pacific are kind of set where they are. I think it's a matter of where they finish if Vegas jumps Vancouver. But I, we said it a bunch of times, Don, and it, it was true last night. Uh, Vancouver, who scored five goals in the first period, is yeah. uh, is without a doubt, in my opinion, the best offensive team in hockey. Yeah, they're terrific. They they, they certainly are. Now they've got to kind of prove that they can do it on the grand stage. But uh, I like Demko lot. though. I like Demko a lot. Yeah. He, well, listen, you've got goaltending, you've got scoring. They're, they're you know their blue line, I guess, is something that could be a bit of a problem. But their goaltending certainly is not. So that that's the you talked about the combination. If you're not going to defend, you better have good goaltending, and then vice versa. And not that they're bad defensively, but that might be an area where you start talking about cup that it could be an issue. But let's scan through some of the more important games last night. I was at the Garden. You were watching intently. This is an example to me, and, and, and Laviolette said it after the game. They got gut-punched in the first period because their kill, which has been outstanding all year, top five. Yep. They got the best power play, and they got a top five kill. And they gave up two power play goals. And Carolina is not a team you want to fall behind against. Nope. Uh, and and so they were kind of dead in the water there. They had a little life on the Kreider goal. Can't believe it. 166 goals, regular season and playoffs combined for Kreider at Madison Square Garden. The most in the history of the New Garden, which goes back to February 1968. It's pretty amazing. He's done some unbelievable hey, things. I'm in this telling jersey. you, his number's going to get retired. I, I know that I I, I kind of 200. What is it? 284 goals. So he's going to have, barring injury, 300 by the end of this year. By the end of next year, he will be o- only Gilbert. Uh, will be ahead of him for goals as a Ranger. Eventually, he'll pass him. So, you know, not a guy that's going to win a Hart Trophy, not a guy that's going to have a ton of hardware around the league, but as far as a Ranger, he's been good. So they, he makes it 2-1 early in the second period, but then, you know, two minutes later, um, Martinuk scores, and, and, and then you got the sense that it just was not going to be their night at all. Uh, I don't want to, like, kill... Um, Igor, because I think they're, they they this made mistakes. I mean, there was, that was an awful, awful giveaway on yeah, that Schneider third giveaway. goal. Yeah, he's you had know. a lot of those in the last couple of weeks. And I like yeah. Schneider, but uh, he has had some defensive lapses in his own zone mm-hmm. uh, that have put the, the goaltenders, both of them, in a bad situation. Yeah, now now the Rangers will get back. They'll they'll go to 10-1 and one after losses tomorrow when they take on the Chicago Blackhawks, who are not a good team, although I'm excited to go to the Garden for that to see Connor Bedard live for the first time but you know they got shut out last night by Nashville they're not a good team by by the time it's over they're probably going to be the worst team in the NHL and then you've got Montreal that's playing better they had a huge win in Dallas they had to hold on for dear life I don't know if you saw the end of oh, that yeah. game oh, if yeah. that game had 30 more seconds they're going to tie and win that game Dallas but you know give Montembeau credit and give Montreal credit they've they played pretty well as of late uh, but you know chance for the Rangers to get back on the horse win a couple of games before what I think is going to be just an epic matchup on Monday when the Canucks come to town to the Garden yeah I mean it was it was epic uh, what was it back in October 
uh, when they were up in Vancouver, and it was back and forth, a lot of power play mm-hmm. goals, uh, defense optional, essentially. That was yeah. that was at a time where both those teams' goaltenders were not playing up to snuff and at the level that they can. Uh, no, I mean, look, Don, I think you mentioned it to me yesterday in passing. Um, this was going to be a tough game for the Rangers, and it was. Um, Igor did not play great. He didn't handle the puck as well as he usually does, and it was mentioned a lot by Sam and Joe. Um, and you saw it. I mean, he is usually sure-handed with the puck, and he was not yesterday by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of turnovers on his end, and then just a lot of miscommunications. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers have looked like that more often within the last month than they have all season. But they are playing better competition, and there are some holes in this lineup. They don't have Hedl. They don't have Kako. I believe Benino left the game. I think he came back, but Pitlick also left the game. Um they're a little, they're a little stretched thin now at the forward position, and when the no, top are. guys aren't performing, um, look, the fourth line was great when VC was scoring; it was fantastic. But that's not going to happen on a consistent basis, and you're going to have games like this. And yes, it's a very nice get-right game for for Chicago, but Bedard's a great scorer, so they're going to have to keep him in check, and they're going to have to find a way to get back on track here and score a couple goals against Chicago on Thursday. Yeah, it's a rare loss against a good team. You know, the Rangers lost uh, two out of three. They lost to Florida, although I thought they played well in that game. Just Florida was just a better team at that moment. Yeah, but I'm not mad at that game. To be kind of reminded me that this is a team that that, that they we, we talked about it a bunch of times. That it seems like they lower themselves to the competition, and they've got a lot of losses against teams that aren't very good. But Florida's good. Carolina's good. So really, when you look at the, how the way they played Boston, but Florida, that that's that's a cup contender. Carolina, I believe, is a cup contender. And it just got away from them. And then they've had a few stinkers, especially at home. You go back to that Nashville game, that Buffalo game, uh, the, the Toronto game when they lost 7-3. to So they've had a few real stinkers at the Garden. And this one, you know, it's 3-1 going to the third period. So, I mean, it was still a competitive kind of up-for-grabs game until uh, they were just blown away in the third. Um, great game, throwback game in Pittsburgh last night between the Capitals and the Penguins. Caps score four and answered. Ovechkin gets his eighth. But then Pittsburgh roars back with three. Crosby with his 21st. But Washington holds on for the win. And, and lo and behold, there are the Washington Capitals, the playoff team. Yeah, they're in the playoffs right now. Um, like I do believe that Tampa and the Devils are better than them. Um, but look, we've been waiting for the, I don't know if it's the demise is the right, the right word, but we've been saying, Don, how long can the Ovechkin Capitals go? How long can the Crosby Penguins go? But they're keeping themselves in it. They're not, they're not, uh, you know, they're not submerging themselves by any stretch of the imagination. That was a fun game. And like you said, like four or five years ago, Crosby and Ovechkin exchanging blows. That was a good game. If Ovechkin can find his ability to score goals again, which it's not like he lost it. Uh, even when I saw the Capitals play the Rangers, I thought that Ovechkin was a step slower. Well, he's older. Yeah. Um, and there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. He could still, and as you saw in the overtime, and it, I forget what game he played, but he had the overtime goal in his office. Like He's going to mm-hmm. have those goals. He has the ability to score. And once he gets hot, he scores in bunches. I think the last time we did this podcast, which, yes, was a week and a half ago, he was only at five goals. Now he's at eight. So he's got three within the last yeah, two and a half. Yeah, actually, had a goal disallowed the other night because of goaltender interference. Yes, yes, and it was and it was a very it was a very similar Ovechkin like goal. So if he's yeah. finding himself, that's obviously good news for the Capitals, yeah. and it's good news for his chase of Gretzky. Exactly. So eight hundred and thirty goals, sixty five goals away from breaking the record, and, and the idea, well, he's going to finish with fifteen. He's not going to finish with fifteen goals. He's not going to finish with forty unless he really gets hot. But he's probably going to be in the high twenties, thirty range. He's going to get hot again and. And I'm sure the perspective will change as far as the chase for Gretzky. We mentioned the Canadians holding on 4-3. They're up 4-1 with less than four minutes to play in this game. And then Johnston and Robertson score to make it 4-3. And boy, the ice was tilted there. But Montreal holds on uh, and win the game, you know, despite 
only 18 shots on goal, and, and that's become kind of the question with Dallas. There's no, no question to me, Anthony, that they're an elite cup-contending team. But right now, I think there's a little bit of question marks as far as their goaltending is concerned. I mean, to give up four goals on 18 shots, not what you want to do if you're the Dallas Stars. So I, I think they're good, but you know, just a little bit of a concern, I think, about their goaltending and how good this team is going to be come playoff time if their goaltending is going to be a bit shoddy. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Ottinger lower body injury, that hurts. Yeah. Um, Wedgwood being the backup, Matt Murray mm-hmm. is the backup to the backup. Um, I think Ottinger is one of the best goaltenders in hockey when he's on. Um, we yeah. saw it in a, in a playoff series two years ago, and to me, when you play that well in a playoff series, I think that there's something there. Um, there. But good thing for Dallas is they have the firepower to withstand bad games with their goaltenders, but a 778 save percentage for Scott Wedgwood is not going to win you many games Um more often than not. So yeah, that was not that was not a great game for them last night. They showed fight to, to come back as much as they did. Um, but goaltending will be an issue for them, and they're going to have to win a lot. Maybe take some overs when when the Dallas Stars play if Ottinger's out for a long period of time, because uh, that is a team that's going to give up a lot of goals, but they're going to score a lot too. They have a lot of firepower in their top six. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Winnipeg's legit. They're, they're, they're the hot as hell. They, they can win the Central Division. They can. They beat the Lightning 4-2. to two. Just taking a glance at the attendance, just a shade over 14,000, which isn't bad. Still not a sellout, but seems to be getting a little bit better as the team is showing their legitimacy. But I'll say this, and I got to see the Lightning firsthand over the weekend. They, they're not the same team. They are not, no. And, and let's not forget, too, that the reason that they're still as high up in the standings, they played more games than any other team in the NHL. So there's a lot of teams that are going to pass them because of the games in hand. Vasilevsky still a world class goaltender. You still have Stamkos who scored last night. Kucherov still unbelievable. Is, a, yeah. is an unbelievable player. But they, they, Dave Maloney mentioned it during the broadcast on Saturday. You just can't keep losing the heart and soul of your team. You know they lost Gord in the expansion draft. They lost Goudreau when he left to go to the New York Rangers. They lost that whole third line. That was the main yeah. reason why they were able to shut teams down. I mean, so yeah, they're top heavy. They're still a very talented team. But you know they're you know I know um, they've got some injuries. Sergachev has been out for them. He didn't play in the game. He's been kind of a ranger killer. Didn't play in the game on Saturday. So they're going some three. They're still exceptionally well coached, and I'm not saying they're completely dead in the water, but they're not a cup contender anymore to me. They're, they're going to battle to try to make the playoffs, and maybe they will make it, and they can always be dangerous because of Vasilevsky. But they're not the same team anymore. Their runs over. Well, Don, remember the last time? Uh, speaking of that game, remember the last time that we did. Uh, a top five. The last uh, podcast we did in 2023, I put Winnipeg, I believe, ahead of Boston. Yeah. I said, we'll see how that game goes, and Winnipeg just crushed them. Um, I think you're right. I think we've seen warts from Colorado. I mean, the embarrassment. What game was it, Don? We were away. They had a 4 nothing lead. Was it against Arizona? And I think they gave it away. I got to go back and look at which, which game it was, but they had a 4 to nothing lead late in a game. And they and they gave it up, and it was it was. I mean, look look at how they played against the Islanders last night. Uh, yeah, it was the it was December twenty seventh. They had a four nothing lead against the Coyotes. They lost the game in overtime. Georgiev almost snapped his stick and everybody in half <laughs> in that game, 
after it was over. Um, we've just discussed our issues with Dallas. I think Hellebuck is a fantastic goaltender for Winnipeg. I think they are the best team in the Central. Um, I think that they would be able to give both Vegas and Vancouver a run for their money in a seven-game series. And it's amazing how different this season would have been when you heard about the attendance isn't great, the team is struggling, change of coach, is Shifley going to stick around, is Hellebuck going to stick around? They both stick around, and they're playing like one of the best teams in the West. Yeah, they certainly are. And you mentioned Colorado. They come back and they beat the Islanders 5-4. to four. Same old issue for the Islanders, right? I mean, although it wasn't all about the third period, although um, – Colorado did score on the power play in the third to tie the game and then eventually win it in overtime on the McKinnon goal. But the Islanders were in control of this game, had a 3-1 to lead uh, early in the second period, and then of the five goals that are scored after that, four of them by Colorado. So I, I guess it, you, you, you're disappointed you had a 3-1 lead uh, in the second period, but it's a good team on the road. Islanders still, you know, got a point, but still... You know, giving up a lot of goals, and that's not what the Islanders are about. They're not—they're not equipped to do that. And then Taves burns them. The former Islander gets a goal as well. But you know, twenty-two shots on goal again. You know, the goaltending a bit of an issue for Colorado, but uh, you know, not not what you want from a defensive standpoint. That you know, they're they're the Islanders are supposed to be known for being that like shut down kind of trap style team. Give up thirty-nine shots and five goals, and lose out on a point in Colorado. Look, I was talking with Alan Hahn earlier today, and his biggest concern is the defense because yeah. Pulak just went on IR recently. Um, another injury last night. I think Simeon Varlamov left this game too with an apparent injury. Um, the back end of that team, if, they, if they're injured, that's a problem because they don't have the firepower up front to score and keep up with teams. Uh, they have a minus 10 goal differential. That is not your Barry Trotz Islanders. That is not the Islanders that made it to conference finals in back-to-back years and made those runs. Um, earlier in the 2020s, um, they're going to have a problem if they're in these 5-4 games because, yes, they scored four goals last night and they have done a better job of scoring recently. I just wonder how many OT losses can you have to make the playoffs? Can they get to 20? Because it's 17-10-10 now. (laughs) And they are third in the Metro um, with teams under them. Do you know, Don, in terms of wins, you're looking at just W's in the columns in the East. They actually have to go down to Montreal who is seventh in the wild card standings behind Philadelphia, the Capitals, the Lightning, the Devils, the Penguins, and the Red Wings in terms of overall wins. That's the only team the Islanders are better than of those teams. Montreal has 16, Buffalo has 15, Columbus has 12, Ottawa has 14. Those are the only teams they have more wins than. It just so happens that they have 17 wins and 10 OT losses, which is basically getting five points worth of five games yeah. worth of wins, it's, which is it, why it, they are where they are. It, it's pretty incredible. Um, the Oilers win 5-2 to two over the Philadelphia Flyers. Sure five do. more points for Connor McDavid. And McDavid now, he, last night was his 602nd game. 903 points. That's pretty good. It's pretty incredible. Now, somebody had sent me this tweet. I don't have the exact numbers. The Gretzky I don't have it in one? The Gretzky one is incredible. Do you have it? I think Rick Carpinello tweeted it out. So let me see if I could find him. Good friend of the program. Yeah, it was, it was basically, I don't know how many points, what was it, like 894 points for for McDavid through his first 600 games, you know, which is incredible, and it shows you how good it's been the last I two. I got you. So, he, right. uh, so Carp retweeted Frank Saravalli, who does a fantastic job covering the sport, um, for daily face-off. Uh, fastest to 900 points in NHL history. Connor McDavid is fifth with 602 games played. Above him, Peter Stasny, 589, Mike Bossy, 582, Mario Lemieux, 463, Wayne Gretzky, 385 games played, 900 points. 
Well, there was another one that was sent to me. There, however many points McDavid had at 600. So he had five last night. So he's at 903. So then however many points he had in game 601. But it was something like 894 points that he had through 600 games. Gretzky through 600 games had that many assists. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, just, that's, it's still one of the incredible stats in in sports history. How about this? The Wayne Gretzky has more assists than anybody else in the history of NHL has points. How about this? Connor McDavid's five-point game was the 10th in his career. He's tied with Paul Coffey for uh, third most in Oiler history. Do you know who the top two are? Well, the top two are, are, are the guy that we use on Puck Doku all the time. Probably That's right, Yari Curry. Yari Curry. <laughs> he Wayne had fourteen, Gretzky. and Wayne Gretzky. How many is Wayne? How many of the hundred and fifty five point games in Oilers history does Wayne Gretzky have? So, I just told you, Coffee and McDavid have ten. Right, and that's tied for third. That's Twenty, and then and then you said Curry had fourteen. Curry has fourteen. Um. Yeah. So you're, it's over a hundred. He's got se- he's got seventy nine of them. Seventy nine. He's got seventy nine of them. A, Mark Messier it. had three. As a Tekin had two. Good for him. Good for him. Very uh, how good about for that? Him. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I don't. Um. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's still very good. Let's jam in some uh, social media, shall we? I think we should. I think it's responsible if we do that. It's irresponsible if we don't. That's true. Uh, That's a better way to say it. Oh, how about Sir Harvey Cruz, who kind of like uh, was kidding on the square that we didn't get to one of his uh, tweets the last podcast. Not gonna lie. He, he he said it to me, and I still don't know what he's talking about. So hopefully yeah. we get there. No, I'm not going to even read that one. Um, wow. I want to save him the embarrassment. Who wins the President's Trophy, and is 2,000 points possible for Connor McDavid? Well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, he's already... So figure. let's do the math here. Uh, so McDavid is going to easily, I think, be at 1,000 by game 650 okay. of his career. Yep. All right? So... Can he? Yeah, I'm, I, I think it's definitely possible. He, he's still only 26 years old. Um, I, I think it's definitely on the table for him. I, I, don't you? Well, look, the boring answer to all this is health, right? We talk about with Ovechkin, too. Um, yeah, he's on pace, and I can't imagine that he's going to, at any point, not be able to do what he does. Yes, he's going to slow down later in his career, much like Gretzky did, much like Lemieux did when he had the injuries pile up, but... 2,000 points, yeah. I think that that's on the table. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, the President's uh, Trophy conversation, Don, you and I had this. Whether you're taking the field or you're taking, I think you gave me Vancouver and Vegas, right? Yeah, it was the, 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 the question was, do you take Vancouver, Vegas, or the field? I think I'm going to change my answer now. I think I'm probably going to take Vancouver. Because I said the field earlier because you just have more options. I, I just think Vancouver's offense is unbelievable and i think that that usually can get you the president's trophy so i'm gonna go with vancouver to answer harvey's question all right uh jimmy Berger says do you think because the canes play such a high pressure style during the regular season hurts them in the playoffs because they get worn down they always become way easier to gain the zone in the postseason and it stood out to me in the 2022 uh against uh, the rangers i think he means Probably 2020, yeah, 2022 against the Rangers. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe what it really will help Carolina, Anthony, is that, and I, I think I said this at the beginning of the season, that um, maybe they're not going to be that regular season team. Because, you know, let the Rangers win the division. You know, solidify a playoff spot, but don't go balls to the wall every single night, which is hard for a Rod Brindamore team to do. 
but maybe them just making the playoffs and feeling like an ordinary team during the regular season can benefit them come playoff team playoff time instead of you know winning the division like they do and piling up so many points and playing so hard in the regular season and then kind of wearing down once you get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're probably better served as an underdog because they play an underdog style of hockey. They are not the flashy team that's going to score all those goals. They have Sveshnikov and Ajo that are able to do that, but they are a rough and tough team that's going to really frustrate you when they take a lead. It's going to be hard to get back into the game. They're going to plug up the neutral zone. They're going to plug up their D zone. They're not going to give you a whole lot of chances. Uh, and that's a team, no matter whether they're in their own building or whether they're in the opposing building, that could be frustrating, especially when your fans are on you. So, yeah. um, no, I think I, I don't I don't see – look, we had that, that same conversation with Torch Rangers teams and all John Tortorella teams, quite frankly. The block shots catch up to you eventually. Now, if you get hurt, they do. But playing a rough and tough style, being able to, to do that on a consistent basis allows you to do that in a seven-game series mm-hmm. better than another team. Uh, so I don't think that's a detriment to them. I think the detriment to them is not being able to score. Uh, John Gross, will Don Granado survive the season in Buffalo? Buffalo right now is 15, 19, and 4, 34 points. So Poor RJ. Eight points out of a playoff spot with 38 games played. So uh, they're in a really tough spot in a lot of ways. 4, 5, and 1 in their last uh, 10 we had EJ, last time we had EJ Raddick on, we asked him this question, and he seemed to kind of side with maybe it's time for a change. I was talking to Dave Maloney um, about a week ago when Buffalo was in town to take on the Rangers, and he believes that they need to be more patient with Don, that Don's a good coach. That's been the problem going back to Bilesma. They're so quick with the hook, whether it's Housley, Bilesma, you know, letting coaches go, freaking out, making changes. He thinks that... You know, their goaltending hasn't been healthy, um, but there's talent there. Maybe they need to be patient and not be quick with the hook with the coach. So I found that to be interesting. Like, there's EJ who thinks, you know, it's not working, but I kind of hear what Dave's saying. They've always been a team ready to, with the upheaval at the coach position, that maybe letting it burn a little bit with Don might be the way to go here because they are they do have talent you know and and, and also they've they've been they had injuries they lost Thompson for a while uh, they got him back you know the, uh, Gergensen's been out for them so they haven't been whole but there's a lot of talent on that team maybe maybe being patient might be the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, we talk about we've talked about it. We talked about it with the Islanders earlier in the year. I don't know if a coaching change does anything for this team. They have the talent. I, I think they're still. I know it's crazy to say for any Buffalo Sabres fans out there, but I, I think they're still rebuilding. Um, I like Tage Thompson, but they, they, they've they've got a lot of young talent there, and they're going to have to mix in some veterans when they feel like they can compete. Right now, I don't feel like they think that they're close to one of the top eight teams in the East. I mean, they're only ahead of Columbus and Ottawa. Um, could they be as good as Montreal? I think they're probably a year or two behind where Detroit is. And look at them. They're, they're on the outside looking in two points out of a playoff spot. Um, it takes time. you got to have the right pieces. I don't think that Granado's a bad coach. And I say, yeah, stick, stick with them. Because what's, yeah. the point of, what's the point of changing it? Is somebody going to... It's not a situation like it was in St. Louis or Minnesota or Edmonton, where there were, in my opinion, I don't think there were a lot of expectations. I think they thought they'd be a little better. Um, but yeah, I think you got to stick it out and see where this goes. AZ Ranger says, hi guys. Why does it seem like the Rangers broadcast talks and compliments the other team way more than any other broadcast? Love Sam and Joe, but I wish their broadcasts were more Ranger centric and sound less like a national broadcast. Well, they're professionals. That's why. Well, that's it. You know, we should bring in Michael K for this. I think in New York, 
especially in New York and especially in hockey where you have three local teams is that you know waving the pom-poms doesn't really work because you can possibly because of the sheer number of people in New York get people to watch or listen to your broadcast that aren't necessarily necessarily fans of that team and Joe Micheletti's been worked nationally uh Joe knows the game uh, has contacts, so I, I think he feels like he wants to present a neutral broadcast. It's going to be Ranger-centric, of course, and they complement the team when they're playing well, but I think they take pride in a complete broadcast that is going to give you the full scope of who they're playing, educate you. I love it. I appreciate it uh, when I when I listen to their broadcast of, of getting to know the other team. Uh, I like it. I, I know it may not work in other markets where there's only one team and everybody watching and listening to you are, are there rooting for that team. I think when you play to the room in New York, you, you're doing a Yankee game, you might have some Ed fans wa- watching or listening. Same thing with the Jets and Giants listening. Same thing with the basketball teams and certainly the hockey teams with three. That uh, catering to a broader span of audience, to me, it's the way I like it. Now, I could see other people that are just completely Ranger-centric that don't want to hear anything about the other team, but I like a well-rounded broadcast. I, do, I think they do a terrific job. Was this job. tweeted to you either last night or this morning, Don? Uh, Was that where AZ... No, it, it's actually off of my tweet, so I just got it a little while ago. Okay, I, but I, you got it a little 29 while. 29 minutes ago. Okay, 29 minutes ago. I, I, so I have a question. What positivity would you have liked Sam and Joe to go through yesterday? Yeah, right. Well, at I mean, least they stood with the irregular jerseys last night because, I mean, the blue is amazing. They played like terrible. Well, I mean, it, I, I, I was at the game. You you watched it, but I'm sure, listen, talking positive about Svechnikov and Aho and, and Natchez and Chatfield, and and that's they won 6-1. Well, they were the better by the, team. They're by the a very under good team. 10, by the under 10, which is probably what AZ Ranger is talking about, Sam and Joe started talking about the future of the Hurricanes because they have four... UFA is on their defense, and Rob Brindamore doesn't have a contract. And they were talking about how good those players are, and how it's going to be important to keep them, and it's going to be really hard. And Rod Brindamore won't take a hometown discount this year, this time around as opposed to last time because he is one of the best coaches and, in the National Hockey League. I, you know, look, guys, it, it's a lot. You got to fill the time somehow. Well, and sure. at the and, time, it was a neutral zone trap nightmare snooze fest because it was six right. to one. Yeah, and it was it wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, and that's a great point. And listen, I, I, you're fortunate. I'm fortunate. We both grew up in this city. In this, in this, in the tri-state area, um, watching and listening to all the local teams, and 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 I am somebody that prides myself in not just being a fan of my team, but also having a broader scope and being able to talk about everybody. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from great announcers like Sam Rosen, like Doc Emmerich, like Jiggs McDonald, who I grew up with from a hockey standpoint, of not just telling me about the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils, but telling me about the teams that that um, they play and the history of those teams. And then through osmosis, watching so much hockey, not only did I learn about the three local teams, I learned about everybody else because of how they broadcast the games. And, and, I, and, I, and I like that and I appreciate that. And, and gave me a, a hankering to want to, to wanna know more. And, then, and so 
I, I, th- I appreciate that. And also, too, Anthony, the Carolina Hurricanes are in the Rangers division. This is a rival. These are two of the best teams. I think when it's all said and done, these are the two teams that are going to compete for the top spot in the Metropolitan Division which is going to be some really rarefied air once you get to the playoffs be able to win that division and secure home ice. So getting to know your opponent, getting to know your rival, I think is important. So I, I think fans should appreciate that. And look, Don, I heard I heard the first period. I heard your pregame, of course, and then driving home. It takes me a whole period to get home. Thank you, New York. But I, and then I and then when I'm eating dinner, I'm listening to Sam and Joe, and I I heard. I didn't, in my opinion, and, and maybe because I'm in the business, I didn't see it as, you know, compliment. Yes, they were complimenting them because they were uh, one of the best teams in hockey was losing 6-1 on their home ice, beating Peller to post. Uh, there's not been a whole lot of times that no. Sam and Joe have had to compliment the other team this year because the Rangers have played pretty well for the most part. And yes, this is not Boston. You're not going to get Jack Edwards. There's well. not going to be guys saying this is an absolute joke. I mean, look, Joe was, I'd say Joe was very... Um, Negative towards Igor last night, and and Sam too. He did not have a good game, but I personally respect that out of Sam and Joe and everybody that does the games. You included Don. Of you're gonna you're gonna say what's on your mind about this team, good or bad. And I'm glad that we have the ownership and the people here in this town that can respect and appreciate that. Whereas in other places, you're gonna try to put lipstick on a pig for a team that's you know ten or twelve games under 500 and say I can't believe we're losing today. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's absolutely right, no question about that. Now I got a quick story uh, along those lines. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm out to dinner. I I think I, I might have told you about the um, my my dinner with Glenn Sather. Okay, story. I think I remember this story. He, he took us all out to dinner, and it was like Joe Micheletti, Sam Rosen, John Giannone, um, Jim Schoenfeld was there, and his cigar. Uh, um, Ken Hodge from um, T- TSN. Uh, every, everybody's there, and, and it was really cool. And, and, and the, the highlight of the dinner was when he asked to go around the room who's going to be the next um, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, and we, everybody's like Patrick Waugh, Patrick Waugh, and I said Claude Loisel, and. It really got a great reaction from Glenn because he really thought that was a thoughtful answer, and I feel good. I feel yep, good about it. I remember it. this. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's at that dinner that I hear this story. John Shannon from Sportsnet, who used to be my boss over at the NHL Network, is at the dinner, and he produced North Stars Television. Okay. When, back in the day, in the, in the very early '80s, and Joe Micheletti, after he retired, was a color commentator. Uh, with Ken Hodge doing the games um, for for local TV in, in Minnesota, and, he, and and John's the producer, and Norm Green is the owner of the Minnesota Wild, Minnesota, excuse me, the Minnesota North Stars. But he lived in Chicago because he didn't live in Minnesota. That was like a big thing. He was he he was not he was not living in the area, but he had a satellite dish, so he'd watch the games, and so he's watching the game. North Stars are playing the Blackhawks, and he's watching the game. And the phone rings inside the truck to John Shannon. It's Norm Green saying, why are these announcers talking so much about the Blackhawks? Uh, This is a North Stars broadcast. I want to hear about the North Stars. I don't care about the Blackhawks. Tell them to stop talking about the Blackhawks. Okay. He doesn't want to bother the announcers and get in their ear about it, so he doesn't tell them. All right, broadcast goes on, goes on, goes on. Phone rings again. It's Norm Green. I'm telling you, 
that he if they don't stop, I'm going to fire them. Stop talking about the Blackhawks. It's a North Stars broadcast. I'm not paying these guys to talk about the other team. Third period comes around. Phone rings again. It's Norm Green. All right. Tell those guys when they're done, they're fired. This is their last broadcast. I'm going to get two new announcers. We're done. They're fired. Three times I've called now. They're continuing to talk about the Blackhawks. Uh, uh, Tell them they're fired. They're done. I'm hiring new. We're going to talk. I have a meeting tomorrow. We're going to hire new announcers. Okay. Third period continues. Phone rings. It's Norm Green again. Listen, I'm really sorry. I accidentally had the Blackhawk broadcast on. Didn't realize it wasn't the North Stars broadcast. So please, my apologies to everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, and it just that's it's a great story. So good thing he never told those guys because they probably would have been uh, you know crapping their pants thinking they were out of a job. But it ended up being a funny story. <laughs> Joe Mick tells that story all the time, and I just can't get enough of it. So. The late Norm Green, the whole reason the North Stars had to move in the first place was because of uh, him. So, um, so that's so that I thought of that story with that tweet is that you know uh, that you don't want it. there. There are people Norm Green didn't think you should be talking about the other team, but unfortunately he was on the wrong channel. So maybe that maybe that guy that that, that tweeted us accidentally um, had the had the uh, the Carolina broadcast on didn't realize. Well, it's the same thing that like you know all the national announcers hate the Rangers. You know, it it's some it, look. It's something that a lot of the a lot of our teams well, in this town deal with. I don't know why. I don't know why people think that. Um, but you know what? New York gets a lot of shine. So sometimes the spotlight well, has to be shined on and the national broadcast anyway. Spotlight needs to be shined on the other team. The Rangers get plenty of play nationally. But, but this is what happens all the time too cuz Michael goes through it with the Yankees. You watch Yes Network, you watch a Yankee broadcast, it's going to be very Yankee centric and then you turn on Fox for a national game and they're going to talk about the other team as much as they're going to talk about the Yankees and it frustrates a Yankee fan saying why are they talking so much about the Red Sox or the Astros or whatever because that's what they're supposed to do. And Michael is not shy about criticizing the team on the air. No, but it, it's During a um, but sometimes it's just hearing about the other team. But I, I appreciate the talk about the other team. I want to know what what Joe Micheletti is as tapped in as anybody, and I think it would be a waste of his talents if he didn't tell us everything that he knows about all the players that are on the ice. So, all right, this was fun. Let's try to do this again on Friday. We'll have our top, our first top five of twenty twenty four. Looking forward to that. Absolutely, I'm excited. And we'll get um, your more of your uh, social media in at Don LaGreca or at Anthony Pusick. Hashtag game misconduct. So uh, let's uh, reconvene on Friday. I'll be here. All right. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.